Rivers and Ace, Bren checks, as he definitely should. And Rick Solomon decides to continue ramping it up. This time, he bets the Lamborghini. He takes the Lamborghini, he shoves it in the pot, and says, Bren Kinney, do you have a Lamborghini you want to risk as well? Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little for PokerCoaching.com, here today with episode 346 of Weekly Poker Hand. Goodness gracious, that's a lot of episodes. If you want to make sure you stay up to date on all of the content I am putting out, make sure you sign up to my weekly recap email. You can sign up for that right now at PokerCoaching.com slash weekly recap, and I'll send you a recap of all of the content that I put out every week on PokerCoaching.com, so make sure you check that out. Here we are today going through a hand from High Stakes Poker. The action has been fast and furious. You can watch this on PokerGo. Make sure you check that out at PokerGo.com. And today we're going to be looking at a hand from Bryn Kinney's point of view. They're currently playing 1600-3200. Actually, Len here was the $400 small blind, you know, only $400. Uh, John Rivera is the big blind, but to make this work in the replayer, we have it with 1,600-3,200 blinds. Despite the gigantic blinds, the players are still very deep stacked, over 100 big blinds. And in this hand, Brandon Steven, who, you know, good, strong, kind of splashy poker player, limps from under the gun. Everyone folds around to Brandon Kinney in the, well, first straddle, we'll call it the small blind here, with pocket fives. And he decides to limp, which I think is perfectly fine and good. Bren Kinney, by the way, for those who have been living under rock, is the number one all-time money leader in live poker tournaments with about $56 million in cashes, and he chopped the largest ever $1 million buy-in Triton Poker Million. Turns out it's important to win the big tournaments, and Bren seems to do that on a regular basis. So Bren limps from the small blind, and now Rick Solomon in the big blind opts to make it $22,000. This is a very big raise. Rick Solomon stormed onto the celebrity scene after he had a um, adult videotape with Paris Hilton. He's also produced lots of stuff as a film producer and um, television producer. And despite all of that, he also has $9 million in live tournament earnings. It turns out whenever he shows up to play live tournaments, he crushes it too. All right. He raises it up to $22,000. He is known to be loose, splashy, active. Um, whenever I've played, or I've seen him play in tournaments, he's usually been on the more conservative side, but in the cash games, it's pretty clear that he is splashing around pretty hard. So this is actually a tough spot for Bryn Kinney because with his pocket fives, if he calls and misses the flop, he has to expect to face a decent amount of aggression. But at the same time, if he does make a set of fives, he can expect to face a decent amount of aggression. So this is a spot where I definitely think he needs to call. Um, something uh, some people have told me in the past is, well, you're probably behind at the moment. And if you don't improve on the flop, you're going to lose. So you should just fold immediately. But they're not accounting for their implied odds. You want to make sure you don't necessarily look at this exact scenario, but also what could happen in the future. And here, if Bryn Kinney does get a set of fives, when a five comes on the board, he can expect to win a large amount of money from Rick Solomon's overpairs, and if Rick Solomon's bluffing, you know, clearly you will win whenever he's bluffing too. So I definitely like a call in this scenario, even though you are going to lose this $22,000 a large chunk of the time. It's like a small carve. Every once in a while, you're going to lose a small carve. Um, I have a trading site, pokercoaching.com, that teaches these concepts 
to make sure that you are not making the error of just like limping and then folding preflop, right? As well as lots and lots of high-end strategy. And we're currently having a St. Patrick's Day sale. You can check that out at pokercoaching.com slash patties. All right, we see the flop. Bryn Kinney does flop a set. We see it heads up. Brandon Steven elected to fold preflop. It comes seven, five, four. Two clubs. Bryn Kinney has pocket fives. This is a pretty good spot to check. Rick Solomon goes for a $30,000 bet. And at this point, Bryn has a pretty tricky decision right off the bat because if he calls and the turn is a club, there are two clubs on the board, if the turn is a club, that's clearly terrible for Bryn's hand, but also it may slow down Rick Solomon if he does have pocket aces. Also, any low card could also be bad for Bryn either because um, it will make the pocket aces less inclined to put money in the pot or it could actually beat him. Like let's say the turn is an eight, a six, or a three completing a straight on the board. If Rick Solomon does have aces, he's not really going to want to put a whole lot more money in the pot, which is not good for Bryn. And if um, Rick Solomon does happen to have ace six suited or ace eight suited and he gets a straight, that's obviously terrible for Bryn. Um, that said, if you think your opponent is very, very overly bluffy. If you think their range contains way too many bluffs, this is a situation where I think you want to call and just keep your opponent in with their entire range because you really, really, really want them to continue bluffing. Um, that said, if you think your opponent's going to bet this flop very frequently but then fold to aggression a lot, I definitely like the idea of bluffing these very connected boards. It really should not connect too well to Rick Solomon's range. In this scenario, Rick Solomon's range should be a whole lot of good, strong high cards. And the 754 board really does miss the good strong high cards. You know, while his overpairs are still pretty good, the good strong high cards like King Queen of Hearts are garbage. And right here, if Brent Kenny knew Rick had King Queen of Hearts, you obviously want to keep him in the pot because he's drawing dead, right? Um, again, if you have any confusion about preflop ranges, make sure you check out pokercoaching.com and you can get full access to our extensive library of GTO charts at pokercoaching.com slash patties. We also have an app. You can use it on your phone so that you're never confused about these scenarios when you are playing uh, before the hand. You can pull up the charts and make sure you're not making any sort of standard mistake that a lot of people make that costs them a ton of money in the long run. Anyway, let's see what Brent Kenny does here. He does opt to call, and I think this is fine. I will say from observing these hands with Rick Solomon, though, Rick Solomon plays a lot of hands preflop. He puts a decent amount of aggression in on the flop, but I haven't really seen him running insane bluffs post-flop. So if you know your opponent will be very active and splashy on the early betting rounds, but kind of straightforward on the later betting rounds, you probably just want to raise immediately because you can't really count on Rick to run too many big bluffs. But if you think you can count on Rick to run big bluffs, then I definitely love the call. Turns a nightmare for Brent Kenny, the eight of clubs. Easy check. Rick Solomon goes for a $55,000 bet into the $115,000 pot. Now he's betting a you know, solid Lexus. So he went from betting a small car on the flop to a Lexus on the, well, small, small car on the flop, Lexus on the turn. Oh man, it's ramping up. It's ramping up. Pocket fives though cannot fold at this point. This is another situation where a lot of people look at this and say, I could be beat. I guess I should fold. But right here, you always have some outs to a full house, right? I mean, the only time you're just really, really dead is when you're against exactly pocket eights or pocket sevens or the random straight flush, but all that's really unlikely. Once Rick Solomon does bet this turn, though, you should start discounting hands like aces, kings, queens, jacks, etc. So that's going to make Rick's range way more polarized. Either a premium made hand, which is going to be a straighter better, or maybe a setter better, which 
is you actually lose to with pocket fives and bridge shoes, or a bluff. The nice thing though is that there actually are a lot of bluffs available. Any hand with a reasonable club could conceivably bluff at this point. So I think this is also a very, very easy call for Bren. And he does. You may say, shouldn't you raise to try to price out the flush draws? And the answer is no, because if you raise here, you're pretty much only going to get action from sets and better, which again, you're not in very good shape against. So you want to call. And if your opponent does have a club, you want to keep them in the pot. Rivers and Ace, Bren checks, as he definitely should. And Rick Solomon decides to continue ramping it up. This time, he bets the Lamborghini. He takes the Lamborghini, he shoves it in the pot, and says, Bren Kinney, do you have a Lamborghini you want to risk as well? Brandon says, side, does he want to risk his Lamborghini? What would you do in this scenario? I want you to pause the video and write in the comment section below if you would risk your Lamborghini with this set of fives, betting that Rick Solomon is bluffing using this gigantic 1.5 times the pot river bet. So pause the video in the comment section below. Let me know if you would call or fold. Okay, did you do it? Did you put your Lamborghini in the pot? Or did you decide to conserve it this time? What this situation really boils down to is Rick Solomon over bluffing. And I don't know. I have not played enough with Rick Solomon to tell you. The neat thing about this spot, though, is that there really aren't a whole lot of logical value hands in Rick Solomon's range besides exactly flushes. And would he actually raise a whole lot of these flush hands before the flop? Would he raise ace three of clubs before the flop? I don't know. Would he raise um, queen jack of clubs before the flop? I don't know. He would definitely raise aces, kings, queens, jacks, and ace king, but you know, you beat the majority of those hands in this scenario. The problem though is, would he actually run the bluff? And I don't know. I have to trust that Bryn has better information on this than I do. So I'm going to presume whatever Bryn did in this scenario is correct. That said, when it runs off, seven, five, four, eight, putting three clubs on the board, and then an ace, there's like no way Rick Solomon is overvaluing a hand like ace, jack, or worse here. If he has pocket kings, I don't think he's going to run a bluff. I think he's just going to let it go check, check. I don't think Rick Solomon's going to be the type of player who has pocket jacks with a jack of clubs and turn it into a bluff. I think this is a scenario where Rick Solomon probably does not have very many logical bluffs because a lot of them make an ace on the river for top pair that doesn't need to bet. And therefore, you're kind of counting on him needing to turn some made hands into bluffs in this scenario, unless his range is just wide open and he is absolutely maniacal. In this scenario, with a set, <laughs> I hate folding. I love chunking my Lamborghinis in the pot. I chunk them in the pot left and right, no problem. But when it runs off with this ace, now all of the ace, king, ace, queen, ace, jack with a club don't need to bluff. And if they don't need to bluff, it takes away a lot of the obvious bluffing combinations for Rick Solomon, which will probably lean him towards being a little bit value heavy. And if he's a little bit value heavy, in this scenario when he's using a gigantic bet, you're supposed to fold a ton. Now, the problem Bren Kenny has here is that he may not actually have a whole lot of flushes in his range. If you are in Bren's shoes, though, you want to make sure that you do check the turn and the river with your flushes to make sure you're protecting your range. Because if your range in this scenario is something like two pair and worse, and you're folding all of it, well, that's clearly a very big problem. Obviously, Bren could have some sixes as well, but he shouldn't really have a ton of those either. So this is a tough spot where 
yeah, I realize the set is pretty good. I also realize Bren's range is probably pretty, just like small, a small number of hands to begin with. But if you think your opponent doesn't run a ton of river bluffs to begin with, which again, that's my assumption. I could be wrong. Um, if you think he's not running enough river bluffs to begin with, and you think he would not take a hand like pocket kings and turn it into a bluff, or a hand like ace 10 with the ace of clubs and turn it into a bluff, then I think this is actually a fold. I don't know. It's nasty. I don't do a whole lot of folding of sets. Remember that video that I made with uh, Kim Lin where she folded quads? Ooh, you all had fun in the comments there. Why would you fold quads? Why would you fold quads? I already told you, I don't like folding quads very often, but every once in a while it makes sense. Same thing goes for sets. Same thing goes for top pair. I don't like folding, but every once in a while, the world conspires to make you fold, and I think this is probably a fold. Bryn does not fold. Puts his Lambo in the pot. And Rick Solomon shows up with the pocket sixes with the six of clubs for a straight. He went for the big value bet on the river. This might actually be a little bit too thin, I would think, to some extent. Because what are you trying to get called by here, right? When you value bet all in here, you're trying to get called by exactly a set or two pair. So you have to count on ben, Bren making a big hero call. That said, <laughs> I played with Bren Kenny a few times, and he... It's kind of like me in this manner. He'll chunk those Lambos in the pot all day because more often than not, he's going to be right. Um, this time, though, it does not work out for him, and Rick Solomon scoops up an $873,000 total pot. Goodness gracious. That's a lot of money to put back in your stack. Have fun counting it. That's going to be it for today. Hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, do me a quick favor and click the like and subscribe buttons below. Also, the notification bell. And if you want access to all of the high-quality content I'm putting out at PokerCoaching.com, you can get a big discount right now at PokerCoaching.com slash patties. Good luck in your games. Have a great, great week, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for taking the time to watch this video. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want more strategy lessons, pre-flop charts, and interactive quizzes, make sure you get your free membership to PokerCoaching.com right now at PokerCoaching.com slash free. I'll talk to you next time.